This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we take it to the mat for SummerSlam. We test our might with a brief history of fighting game genre. And every dog has its national day. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, uh, taking over the world one listener at a time. I am, as always, Paul, uh, punch to the crotch, Stedman, and to my left is Joe, low kick in the corner over and over and over again until the person loses, Peters. <laughs> that is a strategy. Yeah, it is a strategy. That it's, is it's, a strategy. It's what it wins. Or the the sweep kick, which is like the Mortal Kombat equivalent of just kicking them in the corner. See, Joe knows his cheap tactics to get through um, fighting <laughs> games. So a um, lot to, to get into, so let's just jump right into it. As I, yep, as usual, I hit the freaking thing in the thing. We're gonna do news. Yeah, we're gonna do news eventually. <laughs> we can't do it until I hit the button. Tell people quit texting you. Yeah, right. I'm so popular right now. <laughs> um, Tell them. you know what? Actually, the, uh, someone just texted me and it caused this whole thing to fall apart. I know. So here we go. You hit the text news instead team of the button. Assemble! Look okay. at that news. Yay. Six hours later. Well, first piece of news. Like before we jump into news. There's some news. You won a Mega Man trophy last week. I did. You did. Yeah. And I remember to bring it. So here's your Mega oh Man trophy. Oh, my goodness. That's an actual Mega Man. Look at that. That's yep. awesome. He's got a Mega Man. Oh. I forgot I had that guy in like storage. So Oh, that is spectacular. I love it. So I, he's going to become a member of the Infinity ever, Gauntlet uh, Greedo family. Of, yeah. Our, our tabletops ever yep. growing. We got a, got a Greedo bobblehead. We got a little Gundam guy that my friend Caroline got me out of a vending machine in Japan. We got um, that is not, Jimmy Rayner. That's Rayner from StarCraft, and we got a Witch Doctor from, from Diablo Three. Um, yeah, we're gonna have all sorts of cool stuff here. Um, so that's I was gonna bring it last week, but I forgot to grab it out of the closet when I left. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I won that. That's amazing. Um, so as always, um, news is brought to us by Midwest Best Grooming Company, dedicated to bring you only the finest beard balms and oils, strong enough to tame the t- roughest of faces, not the toughest of faces, and alluring enough to draw in those who love it. And that is at mwbgroomingco.com. Yeah, roughest, not toughest. If your face is tough, they can't help you. Yeah, but so, but you know, like then then you just like you power sand it down, then you get some beard balm. But mm-hmm. so. Um, News, SummerSlam. Um, we don't normally talk about the wrestling here on the show because, I mean, we enjoy it. I just don't know if I could say that I'm aficionado because I think like, yeah. I think we could one day. Um, I, I'm not as super versed as some people I know in wrestling, but uh, I do enjoy the wrestling. I back, I know when I was a kid, it's a big deal. And then uh, like my early 20s, I watched a lot of wrestling uh, with a lot of my friends and then it kind of tapered off. And then. You know, there's one of my friends who's a big wrestling fan, so he'll always, every once in a while, you want to come over to pay-per-view, and I'll come over, so. Yeah, and I remember, like, when I was in college, like, the big thing was, um, like, every Monday night, I'd walk down the hallways of our school, and if it wasn't Monday Night Football, it was uh, it was Raw that was on, like, mm-hmm. every TV, 
And so I, I knew some of the storylines then just because I happened to be living in college at the time. And I, and I know this guy isn't going to be listening, <laughs> but uh, one of the guys that we used to live with, I had like a house of like five guys. We all you know, shared a house. Um, and, and this one guy, he, he was, um, you know, he wasn't exactly the tallest of people. And he kind of looked like, you remember, remember Test? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had the kind of the same hairstyle and like facial hair, but that was about it. And he was about half the size of Test. Mm-hmm. And one time we we're talking about like wrestling or whatever. And my one buddy, Chad, was like, we can start calling you Quiz. And he did not appreciate that. You know, like, <laughs> I like that. He's a smaller version of test. test. He's a quiz. That's awesome. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Chris, if you ever listen to the show, I'm sorry for releasing that information, but it's a funny story. Um, and just and quiz on, you know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I was at, um, at at my friend Kevin's place to watch uh, SummerSlam because he has the the, the pay per view events. It's always a good time. Um, I I enjoy it because I mean it's just like. It's live action comic books. It's really it's live it's like live and, action yeah. comic books versus it's soap, it's soap opera. opera. Yeah, yeah. it's it's male soap opera. And I get that. So it's like and you can still enjoy just the execution of it. It's it's funny because like um, I watched it at home with one of my with two of my buddies and and my girlfriend was there and she was watching it to some entertainment degree, but she's just like, "This is so fake. Why don't they just do this?" And I'm just like, "It's not the point." I'm like. There's there is some type of story that they have to maintain, and they are athletes, yes. But you know, it's like there's a finesse. It's a dance. If they mess up, somebody gets really injured. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think that um, wrestling was reality TV before reality TV. You know, in terms of just like you know, you just you find interesting characters, you just try to find like a through, through line, and then you make people really excited for like whatever the mm-hmm. you know, the, the 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 pivotal point is in that storyline. Yeah. So and it's just that they're consciously aware of it, as opposed to trying to pull the the like the 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 wool over your eyes, be like, oh no, this is all real. It's like, yeah, they they know what's up. Well, I think some of that ties into the news we're talking about because Stephen Amel, who plays Oliver Queen on Arrow, uh, was in a match with uh, Neville, and he was against. It was a tag match with him and Neville versus. King, yeah, him and Aaron Neville, King Barrett, a, uh, who won the King of the Ring. Not Aaron Neville. I no. Just wanted to... And actually, I think I think there is a DC character named King Barrett, which is kind of funny. Oh, okay. And then uh, Stardust, who is uh, Cody Rhodes, which is Dusty Rhodes' son, who just passed away recently. Yeah, uh, as um, my, as someone had pointed out to me while watching that uh, that Stardust is the the human equivalent of Pop Rocks. Yeah, and I think that's, <laughs> that's the best way to describe his that. outfit. We were watching it, and my buddy, I was like, "Why does Stardust look like an energy drink can?" <laughs> Because he did look like an energy can, yeah. But um, I mean, surprisingly, Emil—he's an—he's an athletic individual. I know he does CrossFit and all that stuff. He held up really well in the ring. Like most celebrities, when they do this gimmicky celebrity match stuff, they kind of like you know do some minor little things. Like they—they they may like kind of swing at somebody, and it looks like you know a five-year-old trying to beat up an adult. But in, in the the pros will actually help with the execution yeah, of the moves. They but, sell it. No, he was up on the top rope. He jumped from the top rope down and off. You know, outside the ring, yeah. on top of both of them, and that's that's a calculated move. Like it you is. don't want to just make that risk. Like he, you know, he does a lot of stunt work on Arrow, and mm-hmm. I. And if you ever seen that guy work a salmon ladder, it's just uh, that's that rank, that rung thing that he, yeah, he goes I've up and up and up. It. It's like dude, dude could go Ninja Warrior, you know. Yeah, so he he's could. he's fit. But yeah, I was impressed. Like he did. Uh, what was it? A a, a like a. They, uh, Stardust went to suplex him, and he just somersaulted out of it. I was like, "Ooh!" Did, did you see that after after he won the match, uh, the the tag match, he changed his Twitter profile to say, uh, 
WWE record one oh. Yeah, like, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. He's been he's been tweeting he's a big wrestling fan, that's why he wanted to do it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was tickling me the entire time, being like yeah. and he shows up in the hoodie and all that. It yeah, was like, he had the like, arrow costume on and it, did you see at one point he actually mimicked the shooting of an arrow at him? I'm like, that's a little much, but that was kinda awesome still. Yeah. I appreciated that. Um so yeah, that that's well you mentioned that and then also uh John Stewart, who um it was like seeing, you know, it was like, oh, you were supposed to be gone, but you're back now, and I, I still miss you, but it's cool to see you again. It was like, I don't know. It's like, oh, Uncle, Uncle John, I'm glad that you're back for a minute. It was cool to see yeah. him. And John Stewart's a huge wrestling fan, too. I think that's why he was uh, <clears throat> part of it, that he, he finally was retired, and he can go do something fun like well, that. He had that little little storyline with Seth Rollins while he was still on the show. Did you see all that? Well, I think that was a lead-up to SummerSlam, yeah. because <laughs> Seth Rollins' match. And everybody, the... The whole thing, like like uh, John Stewart did, like a heel turn, which is where somebody who you love does something you don't like, and they become <laughs> a bad guy. Bad guys are considered heels, and then there's babyface good guys. But uh, John Stewart came out and um, he uh, he hit John Cena with a chair and uh, allowed Seth Rollins to pin him. And then everybody was kind of shocked, of course, just like the drama ensues. But uh, I guess he revealed on Raw the next day that um, he did it because. It would have made John Cena 16-time world champion, which, no, 15-time. Was it 15? I don't know. 16 or 15. But it basically would have usurped uh, Ric Flair's record, and he didn't want Ric Flair's record to be uh, knocked out by John Cena. I just wish that whenever the heel turn would have happened that you would have heard the Daily Show intro music start. And him come running out. Oh, at that like point. they cue his music yeah, and he like comes running out. Like the beginning of the Daily Show theme yeah. was just running out. <laughs> that would have been that would have been amazing. That would have been really cool. But yeah, that so. part it was just, that was hilarious. Um, just some there was just some fun matches. I didn't get to watch the entirety of it. Joe did. Uh, I you know now that like I I have friends that will watch the stuff on a regular. I will be there for every single one of them because it's it's just a fun time. It is. We just talk so much uh-huh. junk at the TV. It's like being a little kid again where you, you cheer for the heroes and villains. Wrestling and, is yeah. like wrestling is something you watch with a group. You, you definitely have to, have have to, to watch, watch it with a group because yeah. we'll laugh. I remember there was a guy in the front row who had an orange John Cena shirt on. And during the whole Cena match, because it was the same shirt Cena had on. Yeah. Like me and my friend kept making jokes about how this guy was like, John Cena, John Cena, I got your shirt. I got your shirt. <laughs> like we were just like, you know, you have fun. I, I had this whole storyline. We, we joked about that Dean Ambrose is just there to win his kids back. Yeah. He looks like he looks like a deadbeat <laughs> dad. <laughs> Like he does. And it's just like, oh, the judge told me if I can just get straight and just get a good job, he's like, I, got, I can get my kids. If I can get the title back, I can get the kids back. Yeah, so yeah. I just it was a good time. So um, I highly recommend it. Like, just like some people turn their nose up at it, but you know, like honestly, it's like it's not any different than anything else anybody likes, right? Yeah. So either you enjoy it. There's people that take it way too seriously, and people, oh, yeah. everybody takes things way too seriously. Which I think that would lead into our next story. Which there's the Call of Duty beta. That was announced. There's people that get really super serious about that too. So. They do because I mean that's that's an e-gaming thing. Like uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Three, which Treyarch does. Um, the there's, openings. There's three companies that do Call of Duty. Uh, there's there's Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games, and Treyarch. And basically, Activision rotates these three companies. So once so they one, get a three year development cycle for yeah. each of their own games. Once yeah. one gets done, the other one starts putting which it out. So actually, it's a smart move finally yeah. to do that. So, but. Um, this one Treyarch does, and there, a lot of the the Call of Duty um, fan base likes all the work that Treyarch does. They're, well, they're the ones that have done Black Ops. They've like, done Black Ops 1, 2, and 3. Okay. So um, this is Black Ops 3, and I think, you know, from the reviews and from what a lot of people have said about it, they're like, because I, um, I know one guy who he does a YouTube channel, 
his name's Biblical Reaper. Uh, he he has been saying that uh, that a lot of people are um, saying that this is bringing Call of Duty back. Okay, and I know a lot of people who don't play Call of Duty or do play Call of Duty. They you know you could hate it or love it, and but the community generally didn't like a lot of the recent Call of Duty games. And they said and he said that this is definitely uh, bringing it back. It feels a lot better than than the last couple games. Well, and you said that there's possibly here that that, that he would be more than welcome to come on and talk about. Call of Duty a little bit more in depth because it's yeah. like I know enough to fall down and get killed a lot in that game, but I don't really like it's just I I feel like I grew up without playing a lot of games against a lot of people, so I thought I was really good at video games until I started playing against other people, and then I realized how bad I was. And online shooters kind of zip right past me. You know, well, this will tie into what what our main story is yeah. about uh, the competitiveness of the shooter of the games. I played a lot of Call of Duties. I think I played just about every single one of them since Call of Duty. 3 or modern or I know modern warfare was Call of Duty 4 the one right before that. So I played them all the way through and I've had a different group of people that I play with like I have a general set group of folks that I play with because we all get along, we all trust each other, know each other so it's like you know we're not going to be running off like licking a window <laughs> when there's a, a flag that needs to be captured the right people will hang back and do certain things. So we function well as a group. <laughs> It's like, guys, did you totally see this okay. car over here? Yeah. It's really cool. Okay. It's like, guys, look at this car. Look at me. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. Chris, I'm jumping. What you, Chris, what are you? Quit jumping. Chris, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. So, you know, and then I think that goes, ties into, like, we talked about the MMO stuff, like the social aspect, aspect of it. We, like, my group that we get together, you know, we, uh, we joke a lot. We have a lot of fun online, and it's just kind of like one of those things. I mean, I don't think Call of Duty is a phenomenal game. I just like playing a shooter with my friends. It's just like paintball. And, oh. and it's not just like it, but in a sense, you get together with your friends, you go play paintball. It's like that. So, okay. So th- I'm guessing since it's a Call of Duty title, it's coming out probably, what, second week of November? Because uh, they usually are pretty oh. good at that, aren't they? Like I, I want to like, say it's like October, November. Okay. Um, that's terrible. I don't even know when it comes well, out. Because I remember like the big thing was always like November, like two weeks before Thanksgiving. was like Because there's always this big push. And November sure, 6th. Oh, see, I wasn't yeah. too far off. So once um, once that rolls around, I'll, I'll talk to uh, Reaper and see if he wants to come on and talk yeah, about I it. Because I know be that's going to be a big launch thing. Yeah, and, and then we'll actually get more. Because like, do you know like what... Because I know the last one that came out, which was... Um, Oh, Advanced shoot. Warfare. Advanced Warfare 2? Was that whatever? It's uh, the one that had no, this, no, no. the cyber... No, it's called Advanced Warfare. You're Advanced right. I'm warfare. sorry. Because as opposed to Modern Warfare. I yeah. don't know. These are all sound like Resident Evil movies to me where you don't know numbers, but they all have different names. But anyway. Yeah, they change it a lot. Yeah. So that was the one that had like the... Um, like basically like the Titanfall enhanced... Yes. Like and running they did around this, and... Okay. They, they did this in uh, Black Ops 3 because okay. there's wall running and double jumping so in this. people like that. They like this because Modern Warfare... Or I'm sorry, Advanced Warfare did it differently with the boost jumps. It, okay. it doesn't. It's a little more fluid, and you can't do it as much. Okay. So I think that's what it's a supplement versus an, a main point of the game. Because I know in Advanced Warfare, you had a lot of people that were just like all over the place because you you pretty much had unlimited double jumps. You could just all over the place. No. Um, so like something like oh, like an Attack on Titan or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the exosuits are different. So I mean, I funny thing is, is before I came over here, I started downloading the beta. So when we get done with the cast, I'm going to go home and I'm going to play it tonight. Okay. So yeah, just let, let let us know because I'm curious as to what because I and this maybe my knowledge is very limited to this, but it's like you know how like from year to year Madden puts out a new game and mm-hmm. everybody's like excited for it, but it is tweaks and iterations on existing things as opposed to major leaps forward. And that's all developed by the same studio each year. 
with this being a three-year development cycle between titles, there is a unification of it is the Call of Duty name, and I'm sure EA probably has like a, they they probably have final say, but with them controlling the franchise, there has to be some innovation. So I wonder what makes Black Ops is different from like Advanced Warfare or Ghost or you know yeah. like what is the defining characteristic of Black Ops versus like Advanced Warfare. I'll be I'll be interested. A lot of times it's the developers, and I'll go over that when you know it kind of comes out. But um, what else do we have going on in news? Oh, um, so going from uh, Call of Duty uh, and all their multiple titles, go to Metal Gear Solid Five. The Phantom Pain is, um, I think it's going to be. If it hasn't been released, it's going to be released like this Tuesday, something like that. It's going to be really soon. Um, getting like rave reviews. People are going nuts about it. Uh, the only reason I mention it, aside from the fact that I. If I knew more about Metal Gear, I would almost want to argue that we could probably do a whole episode about it because it's been like that kind of I like played, phenomenon. I played I played one and two all the way through, and then I played three halfway. I know I don't know why I never finished Snake Eater, and I feel like I can't go back to it. That's like a lot of people's favorite ones up until Snake Eater was good, yeah. and it had nothing to do with it, with it being a bad game. I just I I was busy. Like, <laughs> well, no, like I I I, I had like I remember I I. I rented it because I worked at the the place we worked at, <laughs> and um, like I had it for like a month. Let me, let me just switch the letters in the name. It's the Blockbuster. I just switched the B's around. No one will ever know where it was we worked yeah. at. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I had it for like a month, and I played a decent amount of it. And then it just kind of—I I don't know what happened. I don't know if God of War came out, and I could stop playing it, or what. That might have been it. I just I remember. So Metal Gear, I have this weird relationship with it where. I've never really played it, but I've watched a lot of it being played around me because I don't know about you, but there are certain games that if I watch someone playing it, I won't play it because I've already gotten out of it what I'd want. Just to the story, yeah. Yeah, and like Metal Gear's always had interesting stories, interesting boss battles. It's like, and I remember seeing the end, what was it, 4 was Guns of the Patriots, is that it? Yeah, 4 was good. I yeah. loved the ending of 4. And that was like, that That ending was probably what, around 16, 17 hours long, something like that. It was a really long ending. I remember going to sleep in the middle of it, waking up, it was still going on. Uh, that, that's, a, that's, that's a joke, but not really. Like I That think, ending was forever. I think the end of Metal Gear Solid 4 was probably one of my favorite at boss fights of a game. Well, because it did all the callbacks to there was yeah. a yeah, so really enjoyable. The one like things I like about Metal Gear, um, especially they're talking about this new one that it's different than the other ones where this one's more open world where it gives you <clears throat> the ability to decide how you want to accomplish your goals. Where um, the other Metal Gears kind of did where, it was, but you'd really get penalized if you didn't stay in stealth. This one's like, well, you can do whatever you want, but there are consequences. Um, but I like I like the bosses. I think they're some of the most interesting bosses in all of gaming because they're so weird and different. And yeah. um, they always have a theme. I always like. I think I think um, I think all bosses. They, they, more theme bosses, please. Yeah, theme yeah. bosses. It's well. I think that ties back to your Mega Man. But maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Robot <laughs> Masters of Evil. Uh... Yeah, I just more. Th- I just need theme bosses and theme gangs. Like if the world could be like the Warriors, but like Metal Gear, I. It would be a world I'd be scared of, but I think I think I'd be um, I think I'd be excited to live in it. So that's on its way out. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fall games coming out. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like the other thing, just to mention in passing, is that people are over the moon about this game. But um, Hideo Kojima's name is nowhere on the box. Uh, there is one small independent chain in Australia that put his that put a sticker on saying that because they're trying to give representation to that. It's yeah. just like, I, fine, you guys are parting ways, and but. He's made Konami a lot of money. I don't know why that they're stripping his name off of this. I think the only bigger property Konami has is Castlevania. 
Well, it depends upon what part of the world, because I think Metal Gear is a lot bigger here. Well, no, no, no. Metal Gear is is the biggest, I would okay. say, Konami has. But, uh, the, but then, but then okay. Castlevania is the only other thing that they have that's as big. Yeah. I mean, they've done other games and stuff, but yeah, it's... I don't know. But it's... Um, so Turtles that's off time. to him. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming back. Turtles in time, too. <laughs> yeah, they're going to make a sequel to Life Force. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the last bit of news, real quick, um, is I thought this was funny, that Burger King... Um, sent out a message re- asking um, McDonald's if they wanted to do a bit of a peace accord between, like, just jokingly saying that, like, hey, on September 21st, which is um, declared International Peace Day by the UN, that they wanted to, like, you know, reach an olive branch out to McDonald's and create something called a McWhopper, where it was combining the Whopper and the Big Mac together and have, have it only available for one day, but join the two brands together. And then I, I guess uh, McDonald's said kind of politely said no, but then hinted at something bigger. But I was just tickled by the idea that Burger King was like, Hey, we should just jam these two sandwiches together and call it good. And so I wanted to ask Joe, like what he would think would be too good. Like two, two sides, like, you know, competing brands that if you smash them together, what would you like to see, um, happen? Um, like, do you mean just food, like a mashup of two different foods or just like, I mean, cause it's kind of tough. You've got the Whopper and the, the Big Mac are like iconic food items. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like, I don't really know other big iconic food items. Like pizza hut doesn't have an iconic pizza. Yeah. You couldn't really take like, we're going to smash pizza and Domino's together I get, well, and make a pizza no one wants at all. No, I guess you could do uh well, they don't really have any competition. So they, you, like a you, blizzard, yeah. like Dairy Queen's got a blizzard. Yeah. But then who else? Like what else? But they already put everything in the damn yeah. blizzards anyway. Like what if you took like like <laughs> Coke, Coke and Pepsi and put it together? You'd have um, Sepsi. Yeah, or or Poke. Poke. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. think yeah, Poke nothing. would work. Um, yeah, Coke and Pepsi. That would be an interesting one for Peace Day. Yeah. What I, would they do though? Because Coke's all red and Pepsi's red and blue. Yeah, I, I guess it would just. It would just. I don't know. I I, I just think that like. Would like, they balance out the sugar and salt so then they would taste normal? Yeah, because that's pretty much the only difference between the two. I just when I asked you the question, I'm like, of course we're coming up with like 30 different things that you could smash together, and I'm like, oh, son of a gun, I don't have anything. Like, I mean, really, like you could gyro take, blizzards. Oh, like you could take <laughs> you could take like Taco Bell Chicken. and mix it with. Oh yeah, taco blizzards. I was about to make taco blizzards. I was about to make the joke. And tacos. Oh my goodness, it'd be disgusting. Tacos are amazing. Like, have you been to those like um, already taco, had Choco tacos? Those Taco Bell. Uh, Long John Silver's combinations. Have you been? Have you been seeing those? Yeah, before? the Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Long John Silver's. They're all in the same family. Well, yeah, but have you actually seen the stores and where they're, like, they're stuck? Like there's two of them in the yeah, same store. Yeah. Then there's an A and W and um, like KFC stuck together too. It's like weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe that's what that is. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, I thought it'd be funny. Just I thought that was interesting that they're like Burger King's like, hey, we should hang out. And McDonald's is like, no, I'll call you later. Yeah, McDonald's was kind of like, yeah, no, like yeah. you guys are being stupid. <laughs> And and Subway's just waiting for the phone to ring right now. (laughs) They're like, guys, no, we're good. Subway's no, no, no. You guys were just in the news. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like Subway's going to be called Mr. Hero. Mr. Hero's like, you know what? I'm good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. We can make like a, you know, just, we'll just, we'll, we'll make fresh happen. It's like, we're not making fresh happen. We'll call it a six inch hero click. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Six Inch Hero, that was also the name of Ant-Man they're going to go with, but they just didn't test well with the audiences. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, if they end up mashing this together, actually, you know what? There are, there's that, um, what's the name of that YouTube channel? It's those guys that put together all that stuff. Have you seen that where they'll mash together uh, Epic Mealtime? Uh, uh, I, 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 I was going to say, will I, it blend? <laughs> 
I mentioned it like as if it's a small thing, but like, have you seen some of the stuff they've done where they've just like taken like, like all like the small sandwiches from McDonald's, Burger King, and then something, like, and I think like Dairy Queen sandwiches, like the burgers that they do, and they made like a big like lasagna slash casserole with all of them. Have you seen that before? It's like, like I I have I, I eat a lot of bad food, but watching these videos make my heart hurt. So I don't I don't watch a lot of them. But, no, I'm um, not aware of that. But yeah, if a McWhopper shows up or, or uh, whatever they want to call it, I will have one. Just want, just why not? Because I yeah. don't know if I will because I hate McDonald's. Like, well, you then you you could eat. Half I'll eat of half it. of it. Okay, fine. I'll eat. You half don't of like it. a Big Mac? You don't like Big Macs? No, I hate that sauce. That special sauce. Really? You don't like so? The, you don't like McDonald's? Like like fast food? You just okay. don't like McDonald's? I don't like McDonald's. I'll eat other fast food. But, like, me and McDonald's had a big falling out about a year and a half ago because I got wicked food poisoning from McDonald's, like, oh. debilitated for two days. <laughs> like, like I, like, and when, you know, when you're in your 30s and, like, you had food poisoning, it I, it was not, because I had food poisoning when I was younger, too, and it was nothing like that. Like, I, my whole body hurt. Oh. Like, it was like, I could tell, like, if I could, if my body could have sweated out what it didn't want in me, it would have. <laughs> and I think it probably would have found a way to push things out of my ears, too. Like, it was the most miserable experience for two days for me. And, yeah. Okay. So, so me and McDonald's are done. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as I said, I guess there's not really a fast food that I'll turn down, but there's a lot I should stay away from. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, then uh, let's move on to this next bit, which is super important. Um Sixteen weeks till Star Wars. Do you got a Star Wars fact uh, for us? Star Wars fact. So we did Empire last week. We'll do uh, Ewok Adventure this week. Ewok Adventure. Yeah, oh man, those fun. Ewok Adventures and <laughs> Battle for Endor. Uh, but uh, yes, it's actually Ewok related. So okay. um, director uh, Richard Marquade, who did Jedi, he was actually in a scene in the Battle of Endor. And he kind of had like a little cameo, but you don't know it's him. Okay. Uh, there's a scene where Chewbacca swings in Tarzan style on top of an AT-AT. Okay. And he rips the drivers out. Well, one of the drivers dri- was a director. One of the drivers was one of the directors. He was probably like, can I just get out of this movie right now, please? <laughs> He's like, so he like, because there's a scene, the two drivers, they have their, their Imperial helmets on and their giant sunglasses and they're just kind of, and then, you know, they, there's a knock on the thing and the guy's like, who could it be? I'm like, yeah, let's go answer it without a gun. So <laughs> you're... You're in a two-story walking death machine, and somebody's knocking on the door on the top of the roof. So, okay, you described that scene very well. How many times have you watched the Ewok movies? Which ones? I don't the, know. Like the, the there's the, there's Battle Indoor. Oh, do you mean the? And then there was the actual the made for TV ones. I don't know what they were. The one with Wilford Brimley, and then there was there's one Battle there. for Endor, and then there's um oh something. It's it's the name of the small one, small one of the small Ewoks, right? No, like, I um, can't remember what the second one was called. Oh. Um, I've only seen them like once or twice. Because I saw year. I saw them originally when they were on TV, and then I watched them again like a long time ago. I was gonna say that was a pretty good description of the scene. I just thought maybe like you've accepted that as Star Wars canon and have have kept that. So. No, that's 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 not in the Endor. Movie. Oh, it's in Return of the, the Jedi. Jedi. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Battle Endor. I thought that was no, I was that. talking about Return of the Jedi. That oh. was in Return of the Jedi. But, but then there's two Ewok movies. One of them, wasn't one of them called Battle for Endor. Yeah, there was. Okay, see that's what, anyway. So that was your Star Wars fact that the the director got ripped out because well I I'd, I'd be okay with staying with Empire I thought he was like stuck in one of the Ewok movies with Wilford Brimley he was like get me out of this movie you know <laughs> no okay yeah he um, was, it was his little cameo so and then and something else we're going to bring up and we're gonna go forward with this right now is um, something new we're going to try that's right when I was your age television was called books 
<laughs> Joe, so, yeah, I was going to say, Joe's going to talk about... Like, so, a little corner of the podcast, what's Joe reading? Because I do pick up comic books like every week or every other week whenever I can. And I'm always like milling through a stack of comics. So, I guess I'll start with... Um, I'm only going to just do one thing. So, like, uh, I, Secret Wars has pretty much been the biggest thing on my plate right now. Which is the big summer Marvel event. Yeah. Marvel's doing an event, which we've talked about, is pretty much realigning and reshattering their universe. Um there's a, a series of events that went into place where alternate realities crashed into each other and destroyed what is called the Marvel 616 universe, which is the canon universe, which has been going on since the 60s. Um, and then they combined everything else. And it's tying back to the 1982-83 event of Secret Wars that Marvel did a long time ago. They're kind of like using that mantle with it. So yeah, I've been reading that. Because the original Secret Wars, not to get too far into that, is the whole notion that... Uh, there's a guy out there called the Beyonder that grabbed all these different pieces, parts from all these different planets and, and stuck them together on one world and just kind of let them fight it out. Mm-hmm. And so and good so, guys and bad guys, good yeah. guys versus bad guys, basically. Yeah. And, and so, the winner got basically whatever they wanted. Yeah. So and, this um, is a little different, though. Yeah, I'm, well, for sure. Uh, but it's just that like Marvel was basically like when last year when they announced all these different titles that were coming, people were like, I don't know how they're going to make all this work because they announced Secret Wars. They announced House of M. They announced Civil War. And these are all like, like, like segments of this greater thing going on. Literally, with this event, what they've taken is they have a main storyline that is that, that is Secret Wars. They have another storyline called Ultimate End, where they're putting an end to the Ultimate Universe, which became wildly popular in me in the two thousands. Um, and then they have what they've done is this thing called Battle World, where they've taken all of their popular franchises from probably the last like. I want to say maybe 20 years, 15, 20 years. And they've given them, like, new life. Like, if you were a big... Like, one of my favorites is X-Men 92. They okay. literally took the era of Jim Lee and X-Men 92, and they took that team from the animated cartoon show, and they, they gave them their own comic called X-Men 92 and everything that's going on in it. Like, the first issue starts out with them playing laser tag at the mall and everything. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very reminiscent of that. I mean, they do Old Man Logan. They, they, they go back to... So there's a Civil War part where Civil War never ended, and Tony and Cap are still fighting. So. And the X-Men 92 is Morph there? Is, is Morph? No, I haven't seen Morph yet. <laughs> No wait, oh. no he's not there. Oh, yeah. one, but yeah. anyway, I'm reading. Yeah. I'm reading the main bulk of Secret Wars, which centers around Doctor Doom and the people who survived the collapse of the the two universes, the Ultimate and the Six One Six universe. It's, it's wrapping up soon, though, right? I mean, that's the. It should be done pretty soon. Um, so far, it's really good, and then I'll give a little feedback report on it, and then next week I'll talk about some other book. Okay, great. So that was uh, Joe's corner because we all know that back in his day. Uh, <laughs> Television was books. No, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, I was a little bit older than Fred Savage when Columbo told him that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So now on to this. And now for our feature presentation. Yeah. No. No. Ah. Uh, <laughs> nothing works. Yeah. Well, see now. Now you you know you know the sting of uh no of buttons not working. I hit right. the button. Okay. Fine. Here, let me try it again. Right. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. It teaches you to break rules. Yeah, so I, I think it's only appropriate that we almost fought there to, to start into this. So uh, Street Fighter Five is entering a beta soon, I think, if it's not already launched. Um, and that got us t- thinking about uh, fighting games. And I think that they're, um, they're an important part of, of video games and also of us just growing up and the whole nature of like what they are and 
they kind of teach you that you know you're not going to win all the time. You're going to lose a lot, right? And a lot of the fun you're not going to have friends anymore. The fighting games was just the characters were always over the top. They had crazy special moves, and even in the beginning, they didn't have special moves. That came on in the later in the '90s when it really blew up. Um, uh, the first fighting game was was actually around, it came around in 1976. It was called Heavyweight Champ. Um, it was an arcade game. And then uh, they kind of spun off Karate Champ with that. And, See, I remember Karate Champ. I remember seeing that one yeah. on the arcade. That was what I think it said eighty four when yeah. that one came out. Eighty four, so. and then in eighty seven, Street Fighter came out. The original Street Fighter. The original yeah. Street Fighter, where you literally just played Ryu, and that was it. Ryu yeah. was the only character. Second player could jump in and play Ken, which was his rival, and you guys can fight. But for the most part, you played almost. It wasn't like a side scroller, but you only played Ryu, and you went through and you fought through. Um, I think it was like 10 opponents maybe. Yeah. So. Well, and then like that was the first like major breakthrough where it was the side to like side by side fighting. Like, I mean, I know there was cry champ, which is more, man, that game was slow, right? but it was, it was interesting at the time because you could have a second player and you didn't know what they were going to do. So, and I think that was also kind of big and maybe, maybe that's why the stuff's so popular is because technology, you know, and it's always evolving. So obviously now AI is a lot smarter than it was then, but bringing in the unpredictability of an actual other player made these games so much bigger than they could have been. Mm-hmm. So I think that was also important. It also it also started the I guess the um, the inceptual stages of the esport competitiveness that we talked about with like Call of Duty. Um, your your local arcades would just have like tons of people flocked to these cabinets to fight against each other to mm-hmm. compete, and you know you had your you know, you had your um, uh, your prestige for winning a lot, and then you had, of course, your button mashers, and and your people would kick you in the corner all the time, and then people, like would, Joe. yeah, like people <laughs> would do one move over and over again. But it was it was definitely one of those things, and like um, I know for me at least, like I spent a lot of time at at the arcade as a kid between like thirteen and seventeen, playing fighting games, and I met a lot of cool people there and made a lot of friends. And you signified your your place in line with putting your quarters on the machine. Yes, you called your shot. You got next. Your car, like we, because there was probably I mean, and sometimes on the weekend there would be like six of us standing around a machine, and we would all put our quarters on a line up there, and it was like you knew where your quarter was. Everybody else knew where your quarter was. Nobody ever went out of line. There was no cutting, so everybody got their turn, and you would just you know pay your, uh, pay or the winner would stay, and then the next person would jump in. So yeah. Um, I, so this reminded me of something that I was told once. I had some friends that when was it Mortal Kombat two or three had just come out. This was still like like mid nineties, so before major internet uh, yeah. access. They thought it'd be a smart move to go to these local arcades dressed up, kind of like in business attire, but also had they had all the Mar- the Mortal Kombat like uh, moves printed out, and they went around selling them to kids in the arcade because. You know, people didn't have access to that. They thought that'd be a good way right. to make money. Eh, it might, but back in the day, we just relied on Game Pro and stuff like that. Yeah, but remember, I mean, like, remember Game Pro? Yeah, um, kinda. Yeah, but like <laughs> I, I remember, like after a while, some of the machines would actually put some of the move lists on the machine. But for a bit there, it was like kind of this mystery of figuring well, out these different moves. Yeah, that was that was the cool part in the beginning because like it blew up in the nineties. Like ninety one, Street Fighter came. Street Fighter two came out like yes. after Street Fighter, and that was the big one. That was the big push. Um, not too long after that, 92, uh, Midway put out Mortal Kombat, yeah. the first Mortal Kombat game. And then two years after that, um, Namco put out Tekken, 
which are probably the big three. You know, there's a lot of other games out there that we'll get into too, but those are probably the holy trilogy of arcade fighting games that have also transcended into consoles because I was talking to Paul and I'm like, those are the game. Those are the games that have. I want to say the most sequels or the biggest franchises. I mean, Mortal Kombat is in ten. Um, Street Fighter is about to start five. Tekken, I think, is in six or seven. I want to say seven. Yeah. So well, and like so, there, there's some things that happen there. So Street Fighter two, um, and all the 37 different versions of Street Fighter two they put out. Uh, that kind of set the stage for a, a lot of what we still expect in fighting games. And so I think that a lot of it is a varied cast of characters, um, different, like easy to learn, but difficult to master move sets. And also like the three like types where you had like, um, the, the characters that are more speedy and not heavy hitters, but they could just take you out by just like, you know, I don't know, not overpowering you, but by hitting so fast, then you had the balance fighters like Ken and Ryu. And then you had your bigger, bigger guys like Zangief that couldn't move a whole lot, but if they got a hold of you and that person actually knew how to play them, you'd just be destroyed. Right. Yeah. And with with the, with two, it, it created the um larger than life characters. You know, you had the you had like a like you said, like everybody was different in their fighting style. It wasn't like just like when you had Street Fighter, Ken and Ryu, even into Street Fighter Two and even into the other incarnations of Street Fighter, Ken and Ryu were pretty much like copies of each other. Yeah. Well, and I think what really helped that too was making Street Fighter more international. So you had all these different like countries, right? So yes. not, I mean, I guess some of it is very stereotypical and even now it's a little like sometimes you're like, oh, okay, did they have to go there? But the whole idea, it's like you, the, these people are from their corners of the world and they're the best at what they do. So they were able to incorporate all these different fighting styles. And that was, I think how you couldn't go from that and then, and make something different. Cause I mean, Mortal Kombat's kind of the same idea except a little bit more bloody. And they they tried to go like dark and mystical as opposed to, you know. Well, that was the that was the thing with Mortal Kombat when that came out. Well, that was also Street American Fighter. made too, and Street yeah, Fighter was uh, Japanese. Was Japanese, yeah. but like Mortal Kombat, um, the when that came out in '92, I remember playing that at a department store that like they had like a, a section that was just like when you came in there was like popcorn and like a little rocket ship to ride on and yeah like a rocket ship you can buy and they would always have little diff- mini uh, NFL <laughs> mugs for no reason why did you need NFL mugs do you remember those anyway sorry yeah the little helmets <laughs> no like little coffee like, like little coffee mugs with NFL teams on them like the helmets I get because they're like helmets from football but they'd also sell little coffee mugs little tiny coffee mugs with NFL logos on them. I don't understand why I was obsessed with them though. And I had to get them all. I don't know why. Like Pokemon. I didn't, I didn't like football at that time or tiny mugs, but I had to get them. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, no, no, no. But I remember playing mortal Kombat there for, and they always had different games. It would, they, I remember they had operation wolf one time and they had something else, but what, like something, something off road racing that Ivan mm-hmm. was it Ivan something. Oh yeah. Yeah. The off road game. They had yeah, that. And then yeah. they had magic sword, but then one time Mortal Kombat showed up, and I was just like, oh, cool. I like Street Fighter because I played Street Fighter at the arcade, and, and I was like, this is another fighting game. And it was a little frustrating because they weren't animated like Street Fighter. Like, like Street Fighter is very cartoony. With the exception of Goro, they all looked very human. Right. And so it was like kind of like stiff in a sense that it's like how people would actually jump. Like, nobody did like crazy flips and stuff. Everybody just jumped straight up, or they would do a somersault flip and back and forth, and, you, and everybody's attack was like high punch, low punch. And I'll never forget, like, I was, I was waiting for, like, my mom or my grandma to check out at the department store, and I'm sitting there playing my thing, and I was, uh, I think I was raiding, because I was like, man, this dude's got a lightning. And a hat. And a hat. And uh, Sonya, Sonya beat me. I was, like, on, like, middle of the little 
uh, test your might thing. And Sonya beat me, and uh, she did her kiss of death. And I was just like, like my jaw <laughs> dropped. I think I was like 11 or 12, and I'm just like, she killed me? I was like, I just thought finish him was like one last hit, you won. And I was yeah. like, because I would uppercut him and be like, yeah, you're done. <laughs> I did not know anything about the fatalities. <laughs> I just like your eternal smack talk because you're playing the game as a little kid. You're like, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, what? But I was just like, she she did her finishing move on me, and I was just like, from then on. And that goes into like how you're talking about your friends trying to sell moves, that whole mysticism of like, how do you do the fatality? Like, yeah. that was kind of like, some type of like secret trick you knew that you could share with your opponent and i think that uh, that that kind of like that never translated into tekken or street fighter but other games translated that and that was always a cool thing and then now it's a huge staple of mortal Kombat. yeah that's like one of their like signature things is that you always got to know how you're gonna take out your opponent um but yeah i mean as games have moved forward like obviously the tech has got better but like mortal Kombat 10 just came out which i have not had an opportunity to play um just you get to a point where you know, there's only so many games you can get to, and I just I had a hard time pulling the trigger on sixty dollars on a game that I would probably play a little bit, lose a lot online, and then stop playing. But everyone has liked that a lot. They said it's really cool. I like the idea that they're even though I know it's a money grab, like the they're bringing in like the the more famous like movie monsters as like com- combatants. Like they got Jason, Freddy's there. Um, but isn't there? Well, there's a Predator there too, right? There is, and that that comes with the umbrella of Warner Brother Games owning other properties with, okay. with movies like predator jason uh freddy was in i think mortal kombat 9 and isn't pinhead be rumored too i, I, I thought I'd, that i would not surprise me but yeah like i i and it's sad because like i haven't played it yet i'm i'm kind of i don't want to say stingy but i'm like time stingy and money stingy that i don't want to drop 60 dollars to spend on mortal kombat 10 and i'm that guy that just goes on youtube and looks at all the fatalities and brutalities <laughs> but um but i mean that that niche of mortal kombat has kind of gotten it where it is today and it also had a lot of steam from like 93 when it had all the controversy cuz you know like the senate was um or congressman uh i think it was lieberman yeah that was really pushing to to get on mortal kombat about censorship and what it what it's doing you know to kids who play it and stuff like that and so yeah, I mean that's the, the only game to do that. Well, because at the time, because like, I think that there's a lot of people that if they don't actually experience something for themselves and they hear the name Mortal Kombat and they hear there's fatalities, um, their first instinct is to be like, "Well, it's too terrible." Then you know, kids are going to be affected by it. But same thing with like lyrics and music or like TV shows. It's like a lot of people that are the most angry about are the ones that had never really given it a chance to understood the context of it and actually watch the people interact with it. Because I don't know, I grew up playing Mortal Kombat. You did too. Yeah, and I've I, never. I've only like... ripped three spines out in my life, and they were all justified. So. I've taken a guy's arm off and beat him with it once. Yeah, once. 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 Right. In 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 the twenty some years between the inception of Mortal Kombat to my life. So I mean, I, I don't think it's affected us negatively whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, my question for you though is since so so Street Fighter is huge. Street Fighter had Street Fighter two, and then eventually Street Fighter three. Many 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 years later, Mortal Kombat all its, all its iterations. You mentioned Tekken. Like it seemed like every time you turn around, there's another company trying to come out with a fighting game. Like um, what were like, was there any of those lesser fighting games that you dug a lot that maybe aren't as popular now? Um, well, Killer Instinct, which yeah. is kind of. You know, we have the NAS cartridge here. Yep. Um, I I liked Killer Instinct because I like the combo system. The graphics at the time were crazy. Combo breaker! That should have been quiet. That should have been... Like, so we just combo breakered your ears. So... 
<laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys sent it home. We're like, oh no. Yeah. So. Awesome uh, combo. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome combo is not as good as. Ultra combo. <laughs> That's true. That was the best. I remember Killer Instinct because the, the whole combo system of Killer Instinct was what's kind of what. Uh, made the game great is you would just chain these like, and that was the first time I really did that. Yeah, it was a big deal. Mortal Kombat incorporated a combo system, and even even um, uh, Street Fighter later on. But I mean, you would get these ridiculous ninety six hit combos off in Killer Instinct, where it was just like, you know, you would finish your opponent off by just the severe ass kicking of like a fluent like ballerina like smackdown, and that's what that's what Killer Instinct's um uh like like catch was in the set it apart that it was a little different yeah and um the graphics at the time were crazy because they were like 3d modeled uh, that was like a big thing it was 2d they were all 3d for 3d was, rendered yeah it was crazy they looked pretty cool and then like some of the other ones i knew i played in the arcade like samurai showdown that's uh, what i was thinking was of. Very, i was thinking of king of fighters and i know that's yeah. the same it's snk well, snk did both yeah they did king of fighters and and they actually did a because uh, capcom who does street fighter that capcom loves Getting together with everybody else, they did Capcom versus SNK, yeah. which was very popular, and then they did Marvel versus Capcom, which was huge. Yes. Um, so anybody out there who is a fighting game fan or a Marvel fan, or even if you're just a Marvel fan, check those games out because it basically allows you to play Captain America, Iron Man, uh, even Rocket Raccoon, and just throw down in a fighting game, and it's pretty good. So that f- the first Marvel versus Capcom, did you ever pick any Capcom characters, or was it just all the Marvel no, no, characters? No, I would I would use Capcom <laughs> characters. So actually, Paul knows this, and and there's a joke that he always brings up about my nickname. My 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 handle, my internet handle is always Akuma, um, because when you I was open yourself up to the world of internet, they're just going to tear that apart. Now they're going to find you. Yeah. They're going to identify you. They're going to be like, "That's the Akuma guy that worked at Blockbuster. Now we know who he is." <laughs> so like. Like every like my nickname uh basically came from like all the times I was in the arcade. Um a lot of us would you know, we were pretty much mostly introverts and we were at the arcade and we wouldn't sit there and, and talk to each other outside of beating the crap at each other on out of each other on a virtual uh console box. So one of my friends, uh who's a good friend of mine now, but like during that time how we got to know each other is we didn't know our names because our interaction was limited to just playing this game for like a few minutes and then the next person would stop in. So he would just call me Akuma because I would always use Akuma, which is a Capcom character who's kind of like uh, uh, a polar evil opposite of Ryu in Street Fighter. And then you called him Dalzim. I called him Dalzim. No, he would use Wolverine a lot. Because his arms would stretch across the room. He's a big Wolverine fan. But no, I would use Capcom. I'd use Chun-Li. I'd use Ryu. I'd use Akuma, of course. But... But yeah, that that's how I got my my min nickname is because he didn't know my name was Joe and he would always call me He'd be like, "What's up, Akuma? What's up?" <laughs> I'd always know he's talking to me. I like, just in all those games, I'd always be like, "How many Spider Mans can I have on one team?" That was right. always my goal. And it's, been, it's like, Paul, you're not even that good. It's like I have all the Spider Mans. Leave me alone. That's right. All I really well, because because you could grab Venom and Spider Man. Yeah, I just wanted all the Spider Mans, which was cool. Uh, that's pretty much how I am now. Where I'm like, "How many Spider Mans can I fit on this?" I want all of them. So. Um, but yeah, like I just I think I think fighting games are ingrained in, in now. I mean, especially they're still big money, and there's um, it's weird, like uh, and maybe I don't really get like I get esports. I don't get a whole lot of watching esports, but that seems to be a big thing right now. I think that's a generation thing that's starting because like Twitch. Yeah. Like I, 
I know Twitch is so huge, but I, I, I very rarely sit and watch any type of videos or Twitch videos. Yeah, I mean, all I ever watch is if, if like, um, I'm doing some cribbing for uh, World of Warcraft, I'll watch, like, boss strat videos just to right. figure out what to do. But that's more instructional because I don't want to be that one guy laying, you know, face first on the floor in the fight. I'll end up being that guy anyway. <laughs> yes. Shao Kahn laugh at you. Yeah, he, ju- he judged me harshly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but it's like I think a lot of people are now, like, there is – there's a balance um, that people really want for these games because there, there is um, something about like that exhibition. And I don't know, like play, maybe playing a soul strangers online is one thing, but that there's oh. something about that, that spirit of like competition that is still, it's just, it's making this more and more to me, you know. to me, the fighting game online is different. Like I, I remember, I remember when they first, I think it was an Xbox 360. I was so jazzed. I was like, oh, I can finally play people online in a fighting game. Just like I used to play in the arcades. It opens up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Like your local arcade game or lo- local arcade is less humbling. I think the first game I started playing online was uh, Dead or Alive, which is um, uh Team Ninja game. The guys who make uh, mm-hmm. um, Ninja Gaiden. So they have a fighting property game called Dead or Alive. Um, and they did a DOA online, which was one of the first games they did online. I picked that up, and, and, you know, I got familiar with the characters. I got pretty good. Dude, my win rate was, like, maybe 15% online because <laughs> people would just, I mean, it was ridiculous. But yeah. then, then again, fighting games also evolved. So, like, you would have um, a lot more combo uh, technicalities, and you would have, you know, counter moves and, and things you never had in a lot of the other games, like growing up. Because um, I remember when they put Ultimate Mortal Kombat Edition for download on the Xbox uh, 360, I got it, and that had online support. And I was able to hold my own pretty well playing Mortal Kombat 3 still. So it wasn't as bad. I think it's just a lot of the... You really got to put the time and effort into to specialize in a lot of the newer games. And, and that's what a lot of people who play these games now, too. Like, even Mortal Kombat 10 is so much more complex than Mortal Kombat 3 in terms of you have you could you could take uh, Katana and Katana has three different fighting styles that you choose from at the beginning of the yeah. game and it's not and you could have two Katanas fighting but they have different move sets mm-hmm. so it's like you you kind of have to take that into consideration who you're when you're fighting your opponent so yeah i may, maybe that stuff starting to pass me by cuz it's just like you're right it's one of those things where I just, I don't know. I, I like fighting games, and I think that's, I think what it comes down to is really that if I still had a group of people to sit around on a couch and play and mm-hmm. just like yell at each other and just, same thing with wrestling, just like get a group of people together and just like just talk smack, that to me is like, there's something, there's something magical there where you're building, like, you know, you're being friends and you're bonding over something, whether it's, you know, it could be a movie, it could be yeah. whatever, but it's like with like, with something where it's interactive where, you could just harshly judge the person beside you for doing something completely stupid, and that is highly enjoyable. And and then that this the the pendulum swings the other way, and you're the goat. You know, it's like and you got to just kind of suck it up and deal with it. I really enjoyed that. Like, um, completely like different. I was telling Joe about this um a, a few episodes ago when we had interviewed uh, Ryan about his game um Pie in the Sky. We asked him about what games he's playing. He mentioned um Rocket League. And so I uh, succumbed to that and I bought it. And I'll tell you, there, there's no fancy movesets to that game. It's just a bunch of cars on the field playing soccer and you hit each other and you run around and there is talent to be had there, but I cannot tell you how hard I was laughing the entire time playing this game. And it's really well done. And there is skill involved in that, but I could just pick up a controller and go. 
because it, it's that's that's just kind of that's kind of where I'm at with my life in terms of time commitment. I do know? want to check out Rocket League because it reminds me of there was an Xbox game, not Xbox 360 or Xbox One, Xbox game called Midtown Madness, which is one of the first Xbox Live games. That and Crimson Skies were probably two of my favorite online oh, games Skies ever. Online. I was so terrible at it, but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was because I played with my friends. Like I remember Midtown Madness, we'd play Cops and Robbers, and we'd play Tag. And all you do is you drive Mini Coopers and like cars around this city, and you just ram, in, ram them into each other. And yeah. that's what Rocket League sounds like. Yeah, so um, I, I, just, I think... You know, I think there's something uh, like like I, I play World of Warcraft. I play other games online. Like I played Heroes of Storm with Joe. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing really well. I was just over in the corner. Like I, I was that guy. I was swinging <laughs> a hammer, licking glass. I don't Paul, know what I was doing. Paul, pull back. Paul, Paul's dead. Yeah, I'm just um. like like I, I played Heroes of me being dead. That was the game <laughs> the entire time, and that's fun too. Like we had a good time. I mean, Joe pretended to have a good time. I, I you know, I just kind of no, you know, I, had, I, <laughs> I had fun. I was, he's like, here's my friend. He's a puddle. That's what that's what he is over. Here. He's a puddle with a hammer. That's it. No, I mean. Um, <sighs> But uh, there's something like you have fun as a team, but there's also it's, something about like that twitchy action stuff, which I think Heroes is different where it is a little twitchy, but there is some planning with that. And you yeah. can think ahead where fighting and like, you know, games like Rocket League, all that, it's more like of the moment. So there's a little bit more adrenaline involved and maybe first person shooter. Well, actually, first person shooters are a lot like that. But I, I just think that there's, there's a certain magic there that not every type of game has. And yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I like these. I, I think. I think I like a lot of the compet. I'm not a very big competitive person, but I do love competitive team stuff. Like I play Call of Duty, I play Heroes of the Storm, which is a MOBA. Um, I played League of Legends, you know. And then when I played WoW and stuff, I would do the raids and things. But then I really enjoyed PvP a lot. Yeah. So. So um, yeah, let us know, people, like what your favorite fighting games are, favorite characters, if you have favorite moments, if there's a favorite fighting game movie that you like, like Street Fighter with Jean Claude Van Damme, you know, the greatest video game movie ever made. No, or, or maybe maybe your favorite fighting game is Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Do you remember that? No, there was a video game version of the movie put out that actually had uh, digitized um, renderings of all the actors from the movie. Yeah, you should look this up. It's like could, you took something terrible. that works, you made it into a terrible movie, and then you made it into an even worse game. That sounds terrible. Yeah. So um, let us know. Uh, invading podcast at uh, Twitter. Uh, invading podcast at Gmail. And we have a Facebook page. Um, you know, just like I don't know, challenge us to fights. Uh, not not out in real world because we won't show up for that unless we have a theme gang, which I've already established. But but yeah, what would, what would you want to have our theme gang? Our, you want it to be. <laughs> Invasion alien based or what do you want? To yeah, do? like like a, a bright spotlight shows up for the person they don't know what's going on, and then we just show up in gray bodysuits and beat them up and then run away. <laughs> you know, like, can we snap our fingers? Can yeah. Like, like, I don't know if that's what aliens do, but yeah, we'll just we'll we'll mix up some West Side Story with some alien abductions. Like we'll just like we'll we'll shine a light on them, show up in gray bodysuits, beat them up, and then they'll wake up and be like, "Man, my butt hurts." And that's that's what happened. That's what our that's our theme gang going to be. That's a terrible theme gang. Why do we have to hurt people's butts? Because we're aliens and we're showing up and we're 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 abducting their asses. We leave, we leave an inside out cow by them. <laughs> <laughs> that's our calling card. Be like, yeah. oh, inside out cow. <laughs> oh, must have been the invasion of the podcast theme gang. Um, so um, yeah, uh, moving on. Um, Last bit here. Uh, today is actually National Dog Day. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. And Ubu is a good dog. He so is a good dog. We just thought it would be kind of funny. Um, not kind of funny, very funny, because we you know, we try to be really funny here. Because we've done top ten um, 
best and worst moms and dads for Mother's Day and Father's Day. And since I realized, I didn't realize today was National Dog Day until Facebook told me. And not because of Facebook, because of 80,000 people on my Facebook feed. Look at my dog. Look at my dog. Look at my baby. Look at my baby. You know what? You know what it was two days ago? Evidently, first day of school for every kid in the world. Yes. Yeah, so I give credit to my one friend, Scott, though, because he posted a picture of his cat saying this was his first day of school. I like that. That was funny. That's good. His cat's getting a good education. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, it's so it was, it was first day of school day two days ago, and now it's National Dog Day. So I challenged Joe to come up with, um, should I do best dogs, or do you want to do worst dogs I'm first? A, I already have my list. I'm doing the worst dogs. So do we want to do worst first or best first? We can, what are you, I'll do worst first. Uh, okay, so. Okay. Since it rhymes. Yes. All right, so coming in at number 10, I have Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> and he is the worst dog because, my God, destruction follows in his wake. It's true. And um, I almost put Marmaduke down. I feel like I should have Marmaduke on this They're list. almost the same dog. Well, no. No, Clifford's, no. Clifford's a lot bigger. You're right. <laughs> That's like saying a micro machine is the same as a car. What do you need they a car for? They are. If one's like close by and the other one's on the horizon, they're no. the same size. No, I was going to put Marmaduke on there because Marmaduke's a terrible comic. Um, had a terrible movie. Number nine, I have Brian Griffin. Okay. Because in the past, like, like starting out, like, the first beginning of Family Guy, Brian was kind of like a voice of reason. Now he's just kind of like a whiny little bitch. <laughs> um, so I yeah. put Brian on there. Um, number eight, I have the Duck Hunt dog. Oh, that's a good one. Because he constantly mocks you, and he is immune to bullets. <laughs> so you cannot <laughs> s- extract revenge on the dog. So I don't... Every, anybody who's played Duck Hunt and missed has wasted all of their bullets on that dog at one point in time. Yes. You, you cannot play that game and not do that, where you're just like, you shut your dog mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, the, what, what, his laugh is more like, yeah, then he goes back in the grass. I'm like, you stay in the grass, I'm getting in the car. All right, who was that, number eight? Number seven, I have Buck, because I feel like most of the Bundays are terrible, and Buck should just fit right in there, even though Buck probably got the worst end of the Bundy stick for the rest oh, of the family. I had Buck and my good dogs. Eh, yeah. Different. Yeah, just because he, he was just Buck, and he would just hang out. Um, number six, I have Scud from Toy Story. <laughs> Was the uh, was the neighbor kid's dog that would get a hold of the toys oh, and just yeah. destroy them. Okay. Yep. And uh, number five, I had Dino. Which Dino is in the same same boat as Clifford, not as big, but very destructive and and chaotic. I, I like that you chose a dinosaur that talks like a dog sometimes and acts like a dog, but it's <laughs> Di- not really. Dino's a dog. A dog. Sure. So, um, yeah. So watch out, Dino's going to break all your stuff. Um, number four, I have Triumph, the insult comic dog. <laughs> nice, because Triumph Triumph could be such a jerk to people. Yes, it's funny, but until you're in front of Triumph's mic. You know, you love him, but then as soon as you're on the other end of the mic. Do you remember whenever he was out in front of Star Wars Episode 2, two talking to all the fans? And he there was a Darth Vader there, and he was like, oh, what's all these buttons do? And he's like, which one of these calls your mom after the movie's done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember that. Um, number three, I have the Wolves from the Grey, which is the yes. Liam Neeson movie. and They are jerks. I Yeah, they were jerks. And I think they were a little over-dramatized for the movie. Mm -hmm. And I had a whole, I had a huge problem with the wolves in that movie, even though they were like massive killing machines. Well, it's just like my whole thing is, how I shouldn't ruin it. And I know there's people out there. What? I shouldn't ruin the end. But it's like the whole thing is like. I saw the gray. But maybe other people haven't. But it's like the the wolves are a threat constantly. And and then Liam Neeson, like he ends up like, you know, um, somehow stumbling into their nest. And it's like, that was a really far distance for them to be hounding you that entire time for yeah. you to wander into it. So, 
I just think they're uh, jerks. My biggest thing was the ending of that movie. I don't care if, if people... You can hit spoiler alert. Sure. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! I watched the trailer to that movie, and the, the trailer has the last... 30, 10 seconds of the movie in it, oh, where the, where oh. he's got the 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 broken yeah, he's uh, broken bottle Wolverine bottle hands, Wolverine hands yeah. and he's like he's like come on Wolf and I'm just like I watched that whole movie to see what happens after that and, and nothing, credits yeah. that's what happens after that I was pissed <laughs> I'm like I want to see Liam Neeson throw down with a wolf because I know he'll win yeah and they didn't give it to me but the whole movie I was just like because I remember there was like a part in the movie where they were in the dark. And this wolf just comes out of nowhere like this black torpedo of teeth. And just like, there's like five guys standing around this, like, this campfire. And I'm like, none of you, and they can't save the guy that's getting attacked. Like, yeah. they're all attacking the kicking the wolf and hitting it. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, they made this wolf to be out like some crazy dire wolf. I mean, like, wolves are dangerous in a pack, yes. But if you've ever seen a wolf, they really don't weigh that much. There's no way that thing could have overpowered that dude. By itself. Yeah. I mean, some group effort. You're right. Anyway, that's my beef with the gray. Number two, I have Cujo. Okay. Which Cujo is 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 um classic horror dog, you yes. know. Uh and then number one, my number one worst dog is Mr. Blonde. And he is a because resu- of reservoir dog. He's a oh, reservoir dog. Yeah. And I only put him at number one over Cujo, because Cujo murdered a lot of people, but Mr. Blonde was a sadistic bastard. And Cujo, Cujo was not he sadistic. Was diseased. You're right. He was just yeah. he just had rabies. Yeah. So, so I went to, I went to change one of mine because you took Buck. Oh, you can uh, leave Buck on yeah, your good list. But I mean, well, maybe we'll like we'll get to that that number and then maybe we'll decide something different, right? So number ten for my good dogs, Spuds McKenzie. Oh, that's a good dog because he's, he's at parties all the time and yeah. just, he didn't you know he just wanted to hang out. Um, number nine, I have Baxter from Anchorman. Oh, because he was just a good sidekick, and it wasn't his fault that uh, he got thrown off a bridge, <laughs> Dro- <laughs> drop he, drop kicked off of a. Bridge. But he helped uh, he helped uh, Ron at the end by talking to the bears. So, he speaks yeah. bear and uh, Spanish. Yes, which is impressive. Uh, number eight, I have Rolf from the Muppets, the piano player. Yeah, he, the, the guy. It's a dog that plays the piano. I don't know how. Like, that's impressive. Yeah, he, right. he seemed not to be impressed by that. That's fine. Uh, number seven, I have Ghost from Game of Thrones, the direwolf. Ghost is a good dog. Yeah, he is a good dog. Um, six, I have Milo from The Mask. Oh, yeah. Because remember, he like... like Milo, like, get the keys. Yeah, he's like... Not, Milo, not get the, the keys. Not the cheese. Not the, the cheese. Yeah. Best actor in that movie. Um, number five, Santa's Little Helper. I mean, okay. he's, he's a good... I mean, other than him attacking Homer's shoes... He's a good dog. Yeah. He's just... He, he's not going on upstairs. <laughs> like, totally. That dog is, like, dumb as hell. It's true. I mean, well, right household. Uh, four, Doug from Up. <laughs> Doug. Because you can have Doug the dog. Yeah. Because he, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, like he's still one of my favorite. I think he's like one of my favorite Pixar characters of all time just because he's always so happy no matter what it is, what's going on. Like a real dog. But Squirrel. yeah, but he can just talk, you know, like my name is Doug and I love you. Um, three, I have Seymour from Futurama, Fry's dog, because he was really loyal. Remember Jurassic Park, the episode where Fry finds his dog? Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was like one of the saddest episodes ever, Futurama. But I, but Seymour was always waiting for Fry. That's like, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the dog. That's like the Odyssey, Ulysses. Oh yeah. Uh, so two, I had Buck just because it was Buck Bundy. So um, what do you like? What do you? Any other good dogs that come to mind? I mean, you got you got your Astros, you got your uh, Scooby Doo's, 
You know, like not that. Um, I, 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 you know, what's funny is I looked at a list of dogs oh, trying to compile wait, all these. I got one, Eddie from a freaking Frasier. I had him down on my list originally. I didn't, I didn't bring him in. Yeah, I was, Eddie, I was going to put Eddie on the worst list. Really? Why? Because he's always like trolling Frasier. That's pretty funny though. Yeah, yeah. And so my number one dog, Barf from Spaceballs. <laughs> He's half man. But I, half dog. I, I thought you were going to call me out from picking something that's not really a dog, but then half of your stuff wasn't really dogs. So. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then my number one dog was a guy. <laughs> and mine is too, so that works so, out. That'll work out. So um, that was fun. Uh, if there's any dogs that we um, we forgot about, like certainly let Snoop us know. Dog. Snoop Dogg, yeah. Uh, Snoopy, you know. Um, but Snoopy's a solid dog. He is, and plus he can fly around that um, his doghouse. The Red and, Baron. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, let us know if there's any dogs that we forgot that should have mentioned. Um, also, um, next week, I'm going to tease next week's episode. This is something we normally don't do because we, you know, we, oh, we're gonna, constantly striving. You're going to put the pressure on me, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> we're constantly striving to come up with good things to talk about. But uh, So that usually comes along during the week. But I'm calling our shot now. We're going to talk about the book Ready Player One by Ernest Cline next week. I read the book. I have some strong opinions of it. I asked Joe to do some reading. Um, you know, so Joe, he, Joe's doing some reading with an actual book, not a comic book. Yeah, the last real book that I think I read was probably a Dragonlance novel in high school. <laughs> I don't remember. It's been a while. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're that you're using you're trying to use the word pictures in your head to get through this. I so know. we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Um, so yeah, please. Um, again, uh, uh, invading podcast on Twitter, um, Facebook page that we have. Um, invading podcast uh at uh, gmail uh, if you could do us a kindness go on the itunes and the stitcher and give us some uh good reviews if you like the show that would greatly greatly appreciate that and let a friend know just like you know maybe not even friends just knock on some random doors and be like hey people we should listen to this podcast and then you know i don't know run away because they're probably calling the cops but at least mention the podcast that'd yeah. be helpful if it works for jehovah's witness it'll work for us yeah absolutely you know so just hand them a pamphlet and tell them about the show um, so yeah, that's going to do it for us this time. Um, it was fun and we, hope we will challenge you in the future. Um, and until next time, have a good week and we'll talk to you later. See you next week.
Finish him! Fatality.